0: You are listening to the Live Diet Free podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. So you guys, I'm really excited about this episode. We have my head coach and very good friend Meg on today and we're just going to talk a little bit about our backgrounds and our stories and kind of how we have found ourselves where we are, where we're pretty happy with how we look, happy with how we feel and feel like we found places of balance. And we really wanted to talk about this, even though it feels kind of uncomfortable for us and it's a little bit vulnerable because we know how important it is to show you that you're not the only person struggling and you're not the only person feeling like you haven't figured it out or like it's taking a long time. (laughs) As you hear us talk about it, you'll realize it's taken us a long time too. And there's really nothing different about us except that we just kept trying and we kept figuring things out. And kind of the result is after 10 or 15 years of trying, we've now figured out what works for us. So we're hoping that you'll be able to relate to a lot of what we talk about and you'll be able to get some, I guess, kind of nuggets of wisdom from where we're sitting that'll help you along the journey yourselves. So let's just jump right in. Um, Meg, tell us a little bit about your kind of past diets and and workout plans what's sort of like the timeline of what you've tried over your your lifetime
1: well I think uh, first of all I think we're always practicing and always improving and this is kind of something that is um it's very fluid and I kind of feel like we've both done pretty much everything out there um so in the beginning uh after my kids were born, I started running. I did some marathons. I was skinny, um, but I definitely, it was just skinny. It wasn't any kind of muscle. There wasn't any kind of nutrition protocol, um, but that's what was important to me at the time. Um, And then I found paleo (laughs) and CrossFit. Um, And I drank the Kool-Aid and I got pretty lean for the first time in my life. And I started um, appreciating having muscles um, and that was really cool I did a bunch of whole 30s but never really watched portion portion sizes so every time I would be at day 31 I'd go straight <laughs> back to drinking and eating you know all the things and it, you know those five pounds I lost uh, would come right back um, so then I did a program where you ate to perform, um, which was way too much food for me because I was doing it to change how I looked and not how I performed, but it did start me on the path uh, to macros for the first time. But again, I was still drinking like a fish, so that didn't help. Um, in 2014, we moved to Hawaii and that was it, was, it was rough. It was a constant struggle to kind of feel like I was bikini ready. Um, versus I'm on an island. This is nice and sunny. I want to go to the beach and have my, you know, culata or whatever I was drinking. Um, and I wanted to eat all the things because the food there is amazing. Um, everything comes with rice. Um, in 2016, so about four years ago, i had had enough and I tried a one size fits all macro template and it worked. Like I got, super ripped and you could you could see like all the veins in my abs um and I was really proud of being on this plan I was really dedicated um I followed it to AT for 12 weeks uh including not drinking which was really big for me uh at the time and I lost those 10 pounds that I wanted to lose but I was obsessed with food with food timing with working out and I lost my cycle. So we know that that's an important part of health. Um, I was also getting a ton of accolades and attention for my body and it was addictive. <laughs> so it was a really hard cycle to get out of. I knew that I needed to um, to gain some muscle in order to achieve my you know, body goals that I had at the time. Cause I did want to put on some more muscle. Um, so I tried to start uh, a mass cycle and then I just spun my wheels for a bit. Um, but I was, still, I was still really hooked on the, um, I guess the attention that I was getting from looking that way. Uh, and then, <laughs> so in 2017, I did um, a couple of bodybuilding shows And you actually were my right hand girl and you watched me go through all this and you were, it was so much fun doing that with you. But in spite of going in with eyes wide open and in spite of having a really great coach, it definitely messed with my head. And it took me about two years to actually work my way out of that hole. Uh, It it got to the point where I was scared of eating anything that I hadn't tracked that wasn't on my plan of missing any workout. I, I was just tired. And at that point, I hadn't had my cycle in over a year and a half. Uh, so we had to move back to the, main, the mainland last year. And I worked really hard at that all or nothing mentality. And um, this is when I finally broke that 700-day seven ha- streak in my fitness pal. And I remember telling you about it. And I remember being so proud of myself um and i i ate intuitively for the first time in i i couldn't remember the last time i ate intu- intuitively and uh, another thing that i did at this time is i addressed my low level depression and i started um some uh medication for that and i think that helped a lot too and i started working out in ways that i enjoyed um but most of all i started seeing the scale as a data point and not something that really was that needed to to define me? Um, so that's in a in a, a a long story. That's kind of me in a nutshell as far as my history. Um, I know that you had some similar experiences. Do you want to tell us about yours?
0: Yeah, and I just want to thank you for sharing all that. I know that it's not easy to look back at times that you were struggling and would rather not think about and. I know it's not easy to be vulnerable, so I really appreciate you sharing all of that with us. I'm actually reading this book right now and one of the passages I read yesterday was about how if you're not embarrassed when you look back at what you were doing a year ago or two years ago, it means you're not growing. And I feel like that's very comforting because (laughs) I look back on a lot of things with embarrassment. So I'm like, oh, look at me, just growing all the time. Um, But yeah, I had kind of similar experiences in just like what, in hindsight seems like I was just kind of grasping at straws and I i am trying to go all the way back. So at the, end, at the tail end of high school, I got really interested in exercise and nutrition to a certain extent. I lost some weight, was in very, very good shape going into college. And then like many do <laughs> put on a good amount of weight, uh, probably like double the, the freshman 15 and I really have a new Facebook account now. Like I've kind of <laughs> like scrubbed that from the internet. I think somebody's probably gonna turn it up now, but um, I remember having to go buy new pants that I was calling my fat pants. And then I remember those getting too tight and coming home after my freshman year and just feeling like I had totally lost sight of who I was. I like went to college and all my friends knew me as like, oh, the girl that it worked out all the time. And then I came back just feeling so out of sorts. And that was the first time that I was really made a concerted effort to change how I looked. And I really don't remember exactly what I did then. I think probably one of the most normal things, which was I just started moving more and eating less. Uh, Being away from college meant I was not drinking all the time. I wasn't having constant buffets of food for all my meals. So that's probably what did it right there. But then it was like every kind of disruption to my routines as an adult would send me into a tailspin. I really thrive. Like a lot of people, I thrive on routines. So, you know, having my gym, having my grocery store, store is very comforting to me. And I also moved a good amount as a young adult. And we still do because we're military also. And it was like every time I would get uprooted, I would just kind of scramble. So I spent a lot of years in I guess like kind of this closet binge and restrict cycle where when my life felt out of control, I would turn to food and only obviously only do it when I was alone. So, you know, if if gray was traveling or before we met when I was, you know, if my roommates were asleep or if I was living alone would just, you know, kind of late at night, just be eating for comfort because I felt out of control and Then, you know, it felt like if it's at night and you go to sleep, then you can just like wake up and pretend it didn't happen. Or I would eat in the grocery grocery store parking lot and just then throw away the evidence and go home and just pretend nothing had happened. And as a result, I spent a lot of years stuck in the, I'm sure for a lot of you, very familiar headspace of I'm going to start over on Monday, which would lead to a whole weekend of kind of a free for all. I was like, well, if I'm never gonna eat this stuff again, I might as well, you know, kind of like the last supper type um, mentality where I was like, I better just get everything that I want. And it was almost like I wanted to feel as terrible as possible going into Monday so that I was more, I was even more committed to not doing it again. And then I would get, you know, my four days of being absolutely really rigid, strict, perfect, whatever you want to call it. And then by the tail end of the week, I was feeling better enough again that the cycle would repeat itself. And it was just over and over again. And throughout that, I would try various things like you. I also did some Whole30s, which as a program, I'm actually not opposed to. I think when it's done as intended, you can learn a lot from it. But a lot of people don't do it as intended. And very similar to you, I would do it. But I wasn't paying any attention to like my portion sizes. I'd probably eat half a pound of meat at dinner. But I would be standing in the aisle at the grocery store breaking into a sweat because I couldn't find, you know, a a salsa without carrageenan in it. So just kind of missing the forest for the trees. I, at times, was doing like the six small meals a day where I would literally count the seconds until I could eat my next snack. And then that would last all of 30 seconds. And then I would just be counting down again until the next one. I mentioned, I think, in the first episode, when Gray and I first started dating, we did one of those like CVS cleanses together that you take a bunch of like, I don't know what powder and pills and you just poop a whole bunch. So that's a fun activity with someone you're dating. Um, I did intermittent fasting, but would kind of use it as a license to just eat whatever. So I was like, well, my window's open. It doesn't matter. It does. And then... I think we have in common sort of the the tail end of our um, journeys, which is interesting because it both, you know, they, they led us to where we are now. First, from the paleo standpoint of kind of the very preachy, telling everybody how terrible certain things were and trying to paleoify all the recipes and just having no idea that what I was doing was, you know, adding extra calories because I was taking out the whatever and adding something, you know, that it just – It was I would read, you know, a book and just take it at face value, not realizing that the information was cherry picked or that certain things are true to an extent or things like that. So eventually made my way out of that into the same sort of one size fits all template, which is Meg and I actually met through a Facebook group and had success with that. I used that before our wedding. I wouldn't say I ended up nearly as ripped as you, but for, for me, it was, the, it was the leanest I'd ever been, and it felt great. And then got into tracking macros, and eventually to now, the last several years, since before I had Mattis, so probably the last four or five years, has been, I guess, what some would call intuitive eating, where because of the time I've spent... Running through the gamut of things, I've got a really good mental database of how nutrition works. So now, at a glance, I know what a serving of certain things looks like. I know how to put together a balanced meal that's going to make me feel good. I know how to indulge in things without going off the deep end. But it took a long time to get here. And I think, you know, what you touched on a little bit ago, talking about how. At your leanest, you would get all these compliments of how amazing you looked. And I remember, you know, we we went to the same gym and you would get comments all the time from people saying, like, I just want to look like you. Like, you know, what are you doing? How do I look like you? And, you know, on one hand, you were like, well, I don't know if you would be willing to make the sacrifices that I am. So that's a part of it. And also, I don't know that you realize what's actually happening inside my head and inside my body that you see this, you know, model-esque, shell and you don't see all of the moving pieces and that's something
1: nobody really knew that like only a very small handful of people like you and my husband were really in in my head about it um because you don't want to share that
0: yeah and i think this is something i remember came up on a coaching call relatively recently and it came up with with two clients in a relatively short period of time it was (sighs) I guess it must, must have been a while, must have been a while ago, because it was involving get-togethers, so it must have been pre-COVID, so I don't exactly remember when. But I remember two comments relatively close together about being in a social setting and looking around at people and wondering, why can't I have it easy like them? Why can't I just have a reasonable amount of this food and not be stressing about it? And that's really like when it dawned on me that. Nobody realizes what you're going through. And I bring it up now because I feel like a lot of people would see you at a party and think, oh, my gosh, she has such look at look at that self-control that she's not eating, you know, the snacks or she's not drinking or whatever and wishing they had that kind of willpower Whereas you might be looking at somebody saying, man, I really wish that I could just kind of loosen the reins a little bit and enjoy myself. But instead, I'm like paralyzed by this fear of eating something that I can't track or eating something off plan. And everybody's got their thing. And I hope that that's one of the takeaways you take from this show is that. (laughs) <laughs> probably everybody you come across is struggling with something. And, you know, maybe it's the thin person who is, you know, too fearful to eat and drink and wishes they had more freedom. Maybe it's, you know, you looking at that person and saying, man, I wish I had had that discipline. There's just so many facets to it. And it's so much more complex than just the food, I guess.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, and I think that also... When you stop always looking for the next fix is really where you are able to start beginning to work on yourself and to find this long term solution, (laughs) which really isn't a solution because it's something that you're constantly practicing at. Um, What would you say was the turning point for you that there was a better way? Was it kind of like a gradual understanding or was it like a light bulb moment?
0: That was so good. I just want to go back to that for a second because yesterday, in a client check-in, a client who's wrapping up her first twelve weeks has just been thriving and making so many positive changes all across the board. And she had this realization: you know, she's kind of she's pursuing a business that she had wanted to for a long time. She's cleaning out her house, that she just all this stuff that's like been on her mind for a long time. And we were talking about kind of where these shifts were coming from, and she was like, "You know what? I realized that." I'm not spending all of this time, literal time, and mental energy trying to find the perfect diet or the next quick fix. And I freed up all of this energy to do other stuff. She's like, I knew there wasn't one, but I kept trying to find it anyway. And now that I know what to do and I see that it's working, I've just got so much more capacity for other stuff. And I just thought that was so huge and and exactly what you just said is like there there isn't one and I think it's so important to highlight that there's no end to this like you don't reach a goal weight or a goal body fat percentage or whatever it is and then it's just over this is stuff that you're always practicing and you're never gonna be exempt from like slipping up or backsliding and I think that's a misconception too as you think like you just kind of arrive and it clicks and then you don't need to think about it anymore and you just don't like you get better at recognizing your triggers or your weaknesses and you get more vigilant about continuing to do the things that, you know, make you feel good, but it always takes effort. So a little bit of an aside um, as far as the actual question, I think for me it was definitely gradual and it's really not something I even thought about until I started coaching more and I would realize like in conversations with clients that they would say things that were so familiar, but that I really didn't feel anymore. And I realized that's, you know, that's how I knew how far I'd come is that I wasn't feeling like a slave to food. I wasn't feeling like I was grasping at straws anymore. Like I really do feel like I figured it out, but it's because of trying everything. And I think that's where our coaching is so powerful is that we've been where our clients are. And now we help save them the hassle of spending 10 or 15 years on this and really give them the roadmap to be in the driver's seat themselves. Is we don't dictate what to eat, you know, what to do for workouts. We guide and we educate and we help our clients make the decisions for themselves, which ultimately, you know, gives them the ownership of their results and their futures and the confidence to know that their results aren't going to go anywhere because they have everything that they need themselves Um, so how about you did you have like that aha moment or was it more gradual for you oh it was definitely gradual as well um like i had all these i had all
1: these programs and techniques in my head but it was just almost information overload um And I know that a lot of our conversations that we had were some of the more pivotal moments uh, for me to kind of switch that around. And you were, (laughs) you were just so matter of fact about stuff. And it was really inspiring, but I used to feel like I had to have a goal, which is why I like that bodybuilding stuff so much. Um, And so without a plan, I would either restrict too much or else feel like it was my last meal on earth. And the key for me has been overcoming that all or nothing mentality and that black and white thinking about good food and bad food. Um, It's not to say that I'm perfect. (laughs) And it's something that I still struggle with on a daily basis. Like I really have to keep myself from um, nibbling when I'm making dinner for everybody. That's just one of the things that I have to really practice at not doing. Um, And I still tend to go with more of a nothing than an all mentality um, just because it's easier for me Um, But I've also reached the point where I realize that there's so much more to life than that, (laughs) and that I'm so much more than just my body, and that I have more to offer than just what I look like. Um, And I also realize that I can't ask our clients to do something that I wasn't willing to do myself. So... Is it, do you, uh, so do you, is, as we kind of wrap this up, do you think that there's one, what is one thing that you hope that women would take away from this?
0: I hope that anyone listening feels hopeful that you can have a healthy relationship with food and your body. And it doesn't need to feel like a major sacrifice or a major struggle. Like we've been talking about, it's always going to take work. But it shouldn't be all-consuming, and that hopefully you can listen to us, and it helps just kind of normalize the struggles that you've had, and maybe the struggles that struggles that you're still stuck in, and helps you realize that you don't need to be stuck forever. If there, we're we're no different. There's nothing special about us. We just didn't stop trying, and I think over time we both kind of learned how much it matters the way we talk to ourselves and this is something we talk about a ton with clients but if you're constantly telling yourself that you can't do something that you're too lazy you don't have the willpower you're not motivated you're always going to be fat you're just a failure you tell yourself that day after day you know probably multiple times a day week after month after year you start to just think that's a fact and A lot of what we do with clients, I think, is some of the most important work that we had to do ourselves was to stop treating ourselves like that and not beat ourselves up about being less than perfect, but just acknowledge like, okay, that's okay. I'm human and it happens. Is there a lesson in here? Like, I don't want to keep beating my head against the same wall. If I know that every time the husbands go away, I'm going to turn to the pantry for comfort let me make sure the pantry doesn't have any comfort when the guys are away. You know, that we, we've, we've learned what we could and then just moved on. Um, so I hope, I hope you guys realize that this is possible for you too and that this is exactly what we do. If you're struggling and you relate to this at all, we can help you. We've got a free Facebook group. We've got a couple different levels of coaching and what, we teach clients is exactly what we had to learn on our own because what we do didn't exist to help us navigate the journey. I know that I always had supportive friends and family and things like that, which helped a lot, but I didn't have a ton of direction. And the backbone of our curriculums is educating, providing support, providing accountability, basically teaching our clients what what we didn't know, but wish we did, and simplifying the process so that they can focus on what matters and how they think about themselves, food, exercise, and provide this, the support and accountability in the process. So if that would be beneficial for you guys, reach out. The, uh, the tail end will have information about the Facebook group you can reach us both on on social media if you're listening to this in one of the podcast platforms you'll see our social media contact info so reach out and um, we're so glad that that you are here with us and thank you for listening to our journeys Meg is there anything you want to wrap up with
1: no it's always a lot of fun to talk to you about this stuff even if it's a little uncomfortable but um there's nobody else I'd rather be
0: talking to with. So um, (laughs) yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening and we look forward to the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Live Diet Free podcast. I'd love if you joined my free Facebook group. It's got the same name, Live Diet Free. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash live diet free and you'll find about four years worth of trainings, resources, recipes, workouts, and I also do weekly accountability threads and more.